Welcome to Piecemeal, a podcast hosted by the Emily Program, where we put it all together for you. Piecemeal discusses topics related to eating disorders, body image issues, and how society may contribute to distorted thinking. Please keep in mind that we may discuss difficult topics, and we ask that you use your own discretion when listening, and that you speak with a therapist as needed. I'm your host, Jillian Lampert. Today, we're talking about the sibling experience of eating disorders with two guests, brother and sister duo, Jaden Luke and Kiana Garmanian. Kiana is a graduate of St. Martin's University, who is currently finishing up her new book titled The Cross That Set Me Free, which describes her journey of eating disorder recovery. So exciting. And her younger brother, Jaden, is a singer-songwriter whose single Beautiful was written for Kiana during her eating disorder and is now available as inspiration and encouragement to anyone affected by these illnesses. Welcome, Kiana and Jaden. We're so excited. What a privilege to chat with you both today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. It's a blessing to be here. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we're so excited. We can't, we can't wait to hear more about a lot of things, but one of the things we're you know, super excited about hearing about the song and of course about how each of your experiences with Kiana's eating disorder affected you and your sibling relationship. You know, we know that eating disorders affect the whole family, siblings, parents, any family member, and each person has a unique perspective to share on the impact of these illnesses. So let's start with you, Kiana. As, as we understand it, you and Jaden are, are part of a close-knit family, a family that's super important to both of you. Can you tell us a little bit about your eating disorder and how it affected your relationships with, with Jaden, with your parents, with others? Yes, uh, that was the hardest thing for me was the relationship impact um, and being in a family that my brother is my best friend and, and my parents, I, I love them to death. The more I got entrenched in the depths of my eating disorder as it developed during my college years, the more isolated I was from my family and my friends. I found myself just trying to hide away and almost like a different personality came over me. Um, I no longer wanted to be active in anyone's life because my whole life revolved around my eating disorder. And that was hard when that realization came that it was either life with friends and family and community or life with an eating disorder. So as more of me was being sucked in there, I started skipping out on every social event. The holidays were non-existent. And I fell into that, that deep trap of, of misery and isolation. Yeah, that sounds, sounds all too familiar, right? That that's such a theme of isolation and eating disorders, just pulling people away from their, from their life, from their connections. I know we're seeing even more of that. Uh, or maybe exacerbated now with the pandemic, and and it's just such an important theme to be thinking about. And and how about Jaden from your end? How did you understand Kiana's eating disorder? Uh, you know when and how did you know she was struggling? And and what was your response as a sibling? You know it's hard when you want to be that like supportive brother, family member, be that supportive figure, and you kind of feel helpless. Like there's just not much you can do. And you know since we've always shared everything with each other and talked about everything and for that time there wasn't really anything i could i could tell her that really seemed like it meant anything to her because i couldn't really present anything that would help or that would you know have her have her change or or the way i kind of realized that is just the less and less i kind of saw like just kind of the light in her and really that spunk because she always just has that natural spunk. And the, the less I saw that, the more I realized that, you know, like something was, was wrong. And I didn't know a lot about eating disorders or the actual science or 
mentality behind all of that. So I didn't really know what was happening. All I know is that there's kind of, I just felt like I was losing a lot of her and there wasn't much I could do or say to help. And so uh, I think that's why I kind of wrote the song was to kind of have that, that message and reminder to her that although I didn't really know what I could do or say, at least that song will always let her know that I'm there for her whenever she needs. Yeah, that's incredible. It, it sounds, I mean, you guys are such a bright pair of people. Like I just, you're, you're bubbly and, and beautiful and bright. And I can just sort of have this image of, of like Kana's light sort of getting a little dimmer and, mm-hmm. and you sort of watching like, no, what can I, can I do? Exactly. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. In what ways was was the family involved in in your treatment and recovery, Keanu? How were they involved? What part did you experience your family playing? And then, Jaden, how did you participate in that and maybe start to understand or learn a little bit more or, or not? These are tricky illnesses that are hard to understand. So I'm just curious how your family interfaced during that process. Yeah, huge. And that was, again, I, I just, thanks be to God for, that was a beautiful blessing to have my family there. But I fought with them, especially in the beginning, because that denial phase, I did not want to accept that I needed to get help, that something was, was wrong inside. And nothing was wrong with me, but rather I needed to, to reach out and, and receive that help to just get better. So I fought them and we were in just constant arguments and tension. And I think me being away at college, we have this barrier. I went to college about an hour and a half away from, from where we live. So I kind of used that to my advantage in my eating disorder of that isolation. But when the time came when I really sought out treatment and recovery after that kind of denial phase and fighting back and forth, my family was played a huge pivotal role. I would come home every weekend from college and spend the weekends at home which really, really helped. I had to be around people to recover because I would just isolate in my dorm if I didn't. So I went in there, they helped with everything. They listened to every one of my journal entries and every one of my breakdown sessions and stating the same fears over and over like I was a broken record box. And they listened and they walked with me. And and soon I saw they developed a lot. I think in the start, like Jaden was saying, they wanted to fix it. But pretty soon they just walked through the process with me and just allowed me to express and feel and then really just support it as much as they could instead of like actively changing it. Yeah, like Kiana said, at first wanting to fix it, I think just understanding that just her knowing that I'm here for her whenever she needs to, you know, talk about her journal entries or however she's feeling was the best thing I could do. Because I started taking it upon myself too. It was like, man, why can't I help my sister? Why can't I do anything? But I think really just being with her and surrounding her with love and presence and always just being there whenever she needs really is, is, is the only thing a, I think the best thing a sibling or family member can, can do. Yeah, they would, they would sit there with me and, and eat every meal with me and just help, you know, like help take away because I wanted to control so much. Um, and if I was by myself, like I, I, I wouldn't do it. And so just like having them there, having accountability was huge. And they helped walk through my fears one by one, like taking bites with me, you know, like it almost sounds like you're taking it back to like when you're an infant, but it was kind of like that. I was like relearning how to eat, how to live and how to just challenge those fears. 
Yeah. It's, it makes me think of a, a, a number of things. One, you know, we have this sort of core belief, core saying at the Emily program that people recover in relationships, that relationships are the things that help us heal. And so I mean, your story illustrates that so, so vibrantly that it really is the support of other people that helps us to do the things we need to do. And with these illnesses that are so complicated and convoluted, and have with them this, you know, neurobiologically mediated dose of, no, no, I got it. I'm good. I don't need anybody. It's like the complete opposite of what people actually need. They need that help and support. And the illness just sort of tells our brains, no, 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 you got this. It's scary if you let anybody help. So the, the courage it takes to stand up to that and invite people into that relationship is really powerful. And it is a, it's part of what makes these illnesses difficult to recover from. And it's almost like the, the hidden key. If you can really get, let people in just a little bit and, and take that bite with you or sit with you or listen to you or just be there, let people in, which sounds like exactly what you guys were, were able to do. We have a, a, a bite for bite thing we do in treatment and family program. Like, okay, I'm going to pick up my fork. You ready? You pick up your fork. We're going to go together. <laughs> And it does, it seems sort of funny, but boy, it helps, right? If you don't want to put that fork in your mouth, somebody oh, else yeah. doing it with you mm-hmm. really helps. That's fantastic. So let's talk about this song. So, and then out of the midst of this, Jane, you write this song. Tell us about Beautiful and, and what writing the song meant to you. Oh boy. Well, I think my only way of expressing emotions and feelings my whole life has been through lyrics. I've always just have a hard, had a hard time speaking how I feel, but somehow if I'm able to process it through music, I feel like I'm able to do that a lot better. So in this situation, it's the exact same thing. Talking, everything I spoke to her, it just felt like it just one ear out the other, like I couldn't help, I couldn't say anything. And so when she was gone at, at college, I wrote this song because I just really wanted her to know, you know, even if, even if she didn't hear it from me, she would hear it from this song, just that how beautiful she is and to have that reminder anytime she's at school, wherever she is, to have that song to play with her. Whatever's happening, she could play that and hear that message. So that was pretty cool to see kind of that effect on her. And, and, and it just, I could see it brought her some, some type of just comfort and reassurance. And even, even as hard as her you know, recovery process was and everything later throughout that whole time, it was just some type of comfort for her really and it's really cool to see now actually with her being recovered and everything else still this song having the effect on on other people in in those situations too so i think that was really just my my goal from seeing this happen directly just to be opening my eyes to how how common and how real it is and so that's kind of why i wrote the song that's so cool We'd love you to play it for us if you would. Would you be willing to play it? Oh my gosh, absolutely. Awesome. I just happened to have a guitar with me. Just too. happened to right here have a guitar next to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are excited. You take whatever time you need to set it up and then take it away. This is beautiful.
face so they don't get nervous. You think I'm okay? I'm good on the surface. You think I can make a change? Is it worth it? as long to smile twice as much if it means getting rid of this misery god pick up the phone i can't fight alone i need someone to tell me that sister you are so beautiful i don't care what you tell yourself Sister, you are so beautiful I don't care if the others will hate How you laugh or make fun of the clothes that you wear Girl, you're perfect, don't change a thing, darling, I swear Sister, you are so beautiful I don't care what you tell yourself Strong, time to be happy. I'm done with the tears, I'm done with the worry. It's time I could dance, it's time I could start living life. It's time to hold hands. Those who are by my side I'll live half as long To smile twice as much If it means getting rid of this misery God pick up the phone I can't fight alone I need someone to tell me that Sister, you are so I don't care what you tell yourself Sister, you are so beautiful I don't care if the others will hate How you laugh or make fun of the clothes that you wear Girl, you're perfect, don't change a thing, darling, I swear Sister, you are so beautiful I don't care what you tell yourself I don't care, I don't care what you tell yourself I don't care, I don't care what you tell yourself I don't care, I don't care what you tell yourself I don't care, I don't care what you tell yourself Sister, you are so beautiful
very very much (laughs) that's just gorgeous i like kiana what did you think when you heard that song like take us to that moment where jaden's like here i i wrote something how was that for you where like where were you and how did you respond oh incredible and every time i listen to it it just takes me back to that moment of of reflection and he actually so he wrote it when i was at college And when I came home, the first time when I came home after he wrote it, I had just begun the recovery process. Like I think it was like the first couple of weeks and I was just dipping my toes. I wasn't really ready to to really jump in yet. And so I was very much on the fence. Like, is this worth it? Is recovery worth it? When I saw how hard it was. And so I came home just fresh in the recovery process, really on the fence. And then my brother said, I have this song for you. So I go upstairs. And my whole family's in the room. They're all there. I'm like, what? Why are they in this? <laughs> What's going on? And they tell me just to sit down. And then my brother plays it for me. And I just remember in that moment, just like complete shock. Like I was kind of numb with everything going on and then just hearing this. And I remember a distinct thought of, first of all, I felt that love. Like I internalized that love. But I remember hearing the lyrics and I was like, I'm going to do this journey because one day I'm going to believe the lyrics that are in that song. Um, and I didn't yet. I knew that they loved me, but I didn't yet internalize that to that self-love and really believed, you know, like the message, sister, you are so beautiful. Like I didn't see that yet in myself, but I kept walking because I knew that they saw it in me. And therefore my hope, you know, the grace of God was to one day see that in myself. So it was incredible. And it gives me goosebumps every time. <laughs> I bet. Oh my gosh. It's just I mean, let's, if we can dig into the lyrics just a little bit, like there's so much there in terms of the, like the lies of the eating disorder and the truths that people find in recovery and the support and the, the reframing how you believe things about yourself. I guess this question is for both of you, you know, Jane, as you were writing it and thinking about how to put this message to her into, into lyrics and into song, and then Kiana, as you were hearing it, Tell us a little bit more about that process and about those, the, the power of those lyrics. I tried to write the song as, uh, as I saw the whole journey from, from start to end, I guess. So, so I really start out in the verses trying to talk about how I imagine Kian would be feeling kind of those thoughts of, of darkness and kind of mysterious, empty questions, I feel like. And that's why it's a lot of hide it away so no one will notice, cover my face. So. They don't get nervous. It's like, I, I, it's what I thought she would be asking herself, at least what I saw from her. And then the choruses, I really tried to make like the, the truth, really the answer of you're so beautiful because this, this, and this. And, and so that was just kind of that kind of hit home moment of us telling her that. Um, and then kind of into the second verse is kind of like the plan of action of time to be strong, time to be happy. I'm done with the tears. It's like, you've heard the message and you're, you've heard the truth and you're ready to start taking action. And it's funny because everything I was writing was kind of in line of exactly what she was going through. Those, you know, dark thoughts. And then we told her that and then her plan of action. And then, so it's just, I kind of tried to write it as the whole journey as I saw. 
Yeah, it it strikes me. It's so incredible how you captured what it what it sounds like was her experience, and I and I, and I think that makes a ton of sense. And yet, so many people with an eating disorder feel like nobody understands them or nobody understands the journey. And you captured it in this incredible song. And so I think that even that in itself is this beautiful lesson. Thank you so much. When we think we're sort of, you know, keeping ourselves locked up from other people, it turns out they see us. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's funny because a lot of people will tell me the same thing about like analyzing the lyrics of like, wow, I see how you, you wrote this in this progression, this, this, and this. And I'm always just like, oh, hey, thanks, thanks. I was totally trying to do that. But like, I, I seriously, like thinking back at it now, I wasn't thinking about like writing it that way. Actually, I wrote the song less than 10 minutes and I wasn't thinking about any of those things. And then after I kind of realized, okay, this is kind of why, and this is how it kind of relates to her story. And I think that's why it meant a lot to her too, is because when she heard it, it was kind of like just in line of where she was at at the time. And yeah, and I think that's what she said, uh, starting her recovery, like right at that at that moment too it's just kind of that plan of action like time to you know time to get going i guess <laughs> yeah so you hear this and your family i i would guess if it were me there'd be a little crying there'd be some hugging how was your family's response and and what happened next uh, kiana for you what happened in sort of your process next yeah yeah they were all deeply emotional and and i was more so inside than externally because i was just so still so numb from starting recovery but yeah so i, I really took that in i had many very clear moments of okay we're doing this and that was one of the defining moments um so when i left after the weekend and went back to school i made it a plan like we're not going to go back and restrict we're going to go back and and do this um, not just for for my family and for people around me, but but do it to start believing, you know, everything that he just sung and taking that in. And so that just like was another catalyst that kind of launched me in, into action and really helped when when I had those those crucial moments when I wanted to turn back. And there were many like those crisis moments like I can't do this. And I just had to like rely on the people around me on on this song, on on the love that was all around me, which like you said, like the eating disorder voice says that no one sees you, no one hears you. But in reality, the truth was quite the contrary. Everyone around me saw me and I just had to reach out and accept that love. What advice do the two of you have for siblings? I mean, I think you highlight so, so completely that siblings often feel like, I don't know what to do. I, we've lost, you know, it feels like we're losing this connection we've always had. That feels sad. I'm worried. I'm scared. I'm, you know, all of these things. And so imagining some other siblings are in the throes of that. What advice or, or words of wisdom would you share with siblings from, from each of you? I'd love to hear. I would say, of course, while, as we chat about earlier about always being there, um, just kind of on call whenever, uh, like on speed dial almost type thing, um, whenever they need you. But also, I think finding a way to turn anything emotionally happen, good or bad, into inspiration, really. I think in this case, just the fact of turning what she was going into into a song like this was just cool to see, even for her, just to see how light can be taken from the darkest of times, really. So I think always finding ways to look at life and look at the situation that way, turning it into something you're proud of, turning, turning it into inspiration out of this, what seems to be a, a terrible thing, 
is is just a great way of, as, as a personal way and also as a way of sharing with your with your family in kind of light and love that way yeah a hundred percent so I think for when when I was in in my eating disorder the things that helped the most I remember like some days I, I wouldn't even leave my room my god just be trapped in the darkness just laying in my bed and and just every time I think just just being a presence there was so much. I didn't want them to lecture me. I didn't want to hear, you know, like what I was doing or what I was doing wrong. But like my brother, for example, he would just come knock on the door and I would mostly tell him like, don't come in, you know, but just from outside the door, he'd be like, I love you. I'm here for you. Whenever you want to come out, let's go do something or just that, that reassurance. And even if it's behind the door or they would write me notes and like slide it underneath my door. So they, they, they were always showing that. And, and even me, like, I was kind of scared of myself during that time because I was so used to being like bubbly and, and smiling. I'm like, what's happening? But even a note broke through kind of the darkness of the eating disorder. And, and I found an element of that light, that same light inside of me, just, just through simple acts of love. Um, so I would say that like, just, just keep being yourself, like keep writing notes, keep on telling them that you love them. And and that means more than anything. Oh, that's just lovely. It's so I, I can just sort of have in my mind this picture of you in your room feeling so alone and dark and having this little zip little note under the door that you know, <laughs> yeah. reminds you of, of something that you, you know, used to know or used to feel like you were. And then you can find these still are, right? It's still in there. It's still inside us. It's just yeah, kind of covered over by this dark you know, massive beating sort of. Exactly. That's so awesome. So where can people listen to this song? Because I know that people are going to want to go back and listen to it again. Um, so where can we hear the song and where can we find you both online, both, you know, Jaden, your music and Kiana, your book. So tell us where we can find you. Oh boy. Uh, well, it's, uh, it's on every platform, Spotify, Apple, SoundCloud, YouTube. Um, my website is jadenluke.com and my parents threw an extra E in my name. So it's J-A-E-D-E-N, jadenluke.com. And then Kiana's book and her big stuff is. So the, the plan is to have it out early 2021 and yeah, just kind of launch it from there for sure on Amazon, but, but we'll see kind of deeper how that goes. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm so excited. I, I teach a, a course and one of the assignments I have for my students is they have to read a book written by somebody who had an eating disorder that tells their story. So I fully expect somebody to read your oh, book yeah. next semester. <laughs> I'm going to make sure I have it on the list. Yeah, I'm super excited about that. That's fantastic. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Well, thank you so much, both of you, for joining us and sharing your story. I, I know I'm, I'm just inspired. I feel like this is the highlight of my, certainly my day, if not my week, just spending some time with the two of you. and really absorbing the journey that you're presenting to us and really appreciate you sharing that with us. We're, we're so grateful that you spent some time with us today. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having us. Thank, thank you. you. And it's, it's incredible. Yeah. It's, it's really a blessing for, for both of us um, to mm -hmm. through all that time to even just looking back to even think that something like this, something so great and positive can come out of something like that. I don't think, if you told us that a couple years ago, oh, <laughs> like, no. uh, we, we thought that was, you know, possible. So thank you for letting, you know, us share our story with your platform too. It's cool to just share in, in light and in, in love to really 
um, have that effect on other people, you know, because I'm sure a lot of, I'm sure a lot of people could understand a lot of those same things that Keanu was talking about. And so I'm just happy to share a song and for her to share a story. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. It's so true. It's, you know, it really is the relationships that heal us aren't always, or that help us heal aren't, aren't always the ones of the people closest to us. Often they are, but these, these Absolutely. You know, glimmers come along. And now people have this experience with the two of you to add to that, that set of healing relationships in their life. So we really appreciate you sharing that with us. It's just such a gift. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. If you'd like to learn more about the EMILY program and what we do, visit emilyprogram.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at EMILY Program. Peace Meal is produced by Angie Mitchell and Nancy Linden with music by Dan Forkey. Thanks for listening. <laughs>